Other banking podcasts will go to great lengths to bring you the goods, but how many will tape an episode in an actual working song? <laughs> Which is exactly what we did from the floor of Money 2020 Europe in Amsterdam with Infuse co-CEO Monica Likama. This Finland-based payments processing Uber maverick is unafraid to speak her mind and use some salty language along the way. So it's a good thing we had Dave and Darm demystify co-host Dave Wallace with us. Now up front, we advise listener discretion for sensitive listeners and fintech phonies as we bring you the fourth of four episodes recorded at Money 2020 Europe here on Bankadelic. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bankadelic, part of the NMD Plus family of podcasts based in London. Speaking of which, I am in the booth here with Mr. NMD, and we're going to try something different. Something that, frankly, I think will up the level of podcast hosting <laughs> on my show, Dave Wallace. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think there's a lot which is very different about this, isn't it, Lee? So you should probably explain we're sat in a sauna, aren't yeah, we? So. We are in a sauna. <laughs> We are at Money 2020 in Amsterdam, and I have to say this, thousands of people, I've heard like seven or 8,000 people here, many, many displays. I saw this and I'm like, what the f***? This is like the <laughs> cleverest thing I have ever seen. It is a podcast booth in a sauna, so I could be fully clothed. I could be in bathing trunks. I could be, I don't know. <laughs> well, if we were finished. Yeah. <laughs> And to introduce you to our incredible guest today, and I really do mean that because the more I learn about the company and the more I learn about Monica, the more I'm just blown away. Monica Likama. Monica has a long history in banking and financial services. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of Infuse. And just a little bit by way of background, when she was in that world, she had a nine to five job, but she quit to launch this pioneering FinTech. 
The 43-year-old's career includes high-level roles at several leading Nordic banks and financial institutions. She grew up in Sweden but moved to Finland 20 years ago where she lives with her husband and four children. And her Helsinki-based company was the first in the world. Let's repeat that. The first in the world to be approved by regulators to run open banking and card payments in a public cloud. You are going to, I hope, as I do, find her refreshingly bullshit-free, very energetic, and running what we would call a company where, quote, happiness is built in. And I'd love to ask you about that at some point. Monica, welcome to Bankadelic. Thank you so much for having me. And there was only one error. What? But I love you for it. I'm actually 48. Ah! But it's fine. 43, 48. It's, I it's, mean, yeah, am yeah. I like, what the fuck? Look, I look awesome, you exactly. Look <laughs> or even younger. Yeah, my exactly. Yeah. So I was surprised. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not going to even tell you how old I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my teeth are yeah. back in the glass. Yeah, you should put your glasses on, but it's fine. I want to start out in a very unusual way because I really get the feeling we're all conversational. Just let's hit it. Tell me about the story of Infuse. My God, everything I read about this company, it is run with an opposing philosophy to the way corporations do their work, and yet you are really killing it. Yeah, thank you. Well, as you said, I had a corporate job, but I truly understand now that I'm a builder. I like to do hard stuff easier, because I, I, I think a lot of things is uh, really up to mindset and, and as an old banker wanker as I used to be I started <laughs> feeling that I was going into that trap of becoming this complacent you know not invented here type of person and that was not something I wanted to be and then I was also working with a lot of what today are our so-called competitors and just saw that everyone was so like slow non-flexible and there were no actual reasons for it but it was just a way of working mm -hmm. so when i then decided to found enfuse with my my co-founder denise we just said like hey let's just build a company that that does issuing and processing better faster and globally scalable i'm mean, like how fucking hard can that be <laughs> uh, and that's kind of where we, we started mm -hmm. and uh, been on that journey for seven years and, and yeah of course being Born in Sweden, but to Finnish parents, uh, and then now moved, I uh, lived most of my life in Finland as an adult. I think really the culture of like get shit done and, and being happy. And for us, happiness isn't this happy, clappy stuff, mm. but it's, it's really about making sure that things fucking work. You know, yeah. like I can sleep at night, not want, like being scared of like something going to shit. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the company we want to be. And, and yeah, we're working really hard to make that happen. So I mean, I it's it's really interesting because I think you kind of look at Finland and that culture, which I think is really super interesting. And you then look at the kind of companies that have come out of Finland. I mean, I think you know what you're saying about that sort of happiness thing. That makes a lot of sense. But is there a sort of I, I don't know a a setup in the way that sort of Finnish companies can work that really helps on that innovation path as well. It's really hard to say. I would, of course, as a Finn, I would say yes, of course, it's it's built built in. I do think it's a it's a mindset thing, and and it depends on who who are born to. Both me and Denise are born to entrepreneurial parents, so of course, hard work is something that we we've, we've learned, and I I think I. 
and, and both of us are really into this concept of working hard. And I think that's something that I really think that most Finns have, especially the ones that are like 40 plus. Right. Uh, and of course, because of where we are like located, like from a geographical perspective, uh, all the struggles we've had, etc., as a nation. And then we have this awesome system of education. And I, I think the only thing that I'm a bit, let's say, not scared of, but it's that we have a generation that's been a bit too easy. Right. So I really mm. like hope now that we are, when we are in this downturn, we will like go back to like again understanding the value of work and the value of collaboration. And somehow that, and of course we Finns, we are really good at tech and we're really good at compliance, which means that often we really suck at design and, and marketing. <laughs> and, and I get a lot of from our like VCs, like the big difference with having a Finnish company pitch for funding and then an American company pitch for funding. And I'm not saying that neither one are wrong, but it's like we have a hard time telling all the things we do because we focus on like nailing it. Right. And then like the Americans are really good at like painting the picture of what it could be without having it. And I think when you combine those two, I think then like really magic can happen. And I think that's the journey we are on. So we're really wanting to scale also outside of Europe, but really having what we do in the, the fundamentals and the core as we do money. Like we work with people's money. You can't fuck that up. But then like expanding into other parts of the world. Yes. And Here's my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, right? You said not like happy clappy, but the happy is this kind of deep purpose with the work, get your hands dirty, doing something you believe in, yes. bootstrap, bootstrap, bootstrap. Yes. We're all rowing in the same direction, and there's kind of like a bonding, a community. Yes. Hey, we're going to build something. I mean, to me, that sounds happy. Yeah, yeah, because that's like, I, I think, yeah, and I 100% agree with you. So when you wake up, I mean, like, shit hits the fan every day. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's true. So it's about the purpose and it's about what we want to achieve. And when you can get everyone aligned to that purpose, then that's magical. And that in itself makes you want to go to work. And it's a lifestyle for me. Like, I, I don't think, and I think everyone who knows me would agree, I would never fit I would never be fit to work in a normal corporate <laughs> ever again because I would probably pass out after 10 seconds and start firing <laughs> I think you're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't been fired already. Yeah, actually. yeah I, have actually, I have actually fired myself one day, a couple of times, but I'm stupid enough to keep coming back. So I think, I mean, that's so funny. I, think you're, I mean, the first time I met Monica was on a panel where we... You, you do some work as part of the the, the, the company around carbon yeah. uh, data with the, with people's transactions, and yeah. we had this seminar where actually I managed to bring all the competitors or the big competitors together to talk about it, and um, you know everyone was sort of being really nice and polite and chatting, and you know it was very, I think very British in terms of that, mm -hmm. and then Monica was like, oh my god. We're so fucked if we just don't get this right, yes. and and it was sort of so refreshing because you you really are not frightened. It seems of just calling bullshit when no. you see it, and you know I think that's so. It really is refreshing in terms of business, and I can see you know on the carbon side that works, but equally, like 
we're in fintech and banking and just we're surrounded by a morass of just BS the yes. whole time. Uh, yeah, and, and I think like someone like, yeah I, yeah, I agree. Some people like me, some don't, but like, you know, over 40, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and someone said that when you hit 50, you like really stop giving a fuck. And my, my oh, co-founder, yeah. she's a bit scared of me turning 50 soon. But, like, uh, but, but I think it's exactly... Can we a, come to the party? Because yes. I think it would yeah. be a good one. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be a naked sauna. Oh. Uh, but, I, yeah. but I think it's in general, yeah, the world is full of bullshit. And I think we can't act on things that matter if we don't understand it. So I think the big problem is that people always overcomplicate and, and fluff things up. I always say to my British colleagues, we have quite a few of you, you guys nowadays in, in London, it's like, stop sending me fucking love letters. Like, I, mean, I get a Slack message. It's like, hey, how are you? How are you doing? And I was like, God, 140 characters, please. And it's not to be rude. It's not no, about no, that. I... But it's like when you have trust and when you are on the same mission, You can cut the excess and just focus on it. And I think that's the same with the climate as we had. Like, if we don't start actually acting upon it, things will go really south. I think one big challenge is that the people who are really vocal about the climate change and all of those impacts are scientists. And like, they are really good at science. I think maybe they have some communication issues. Mm. So people don't really get it, and, and or it becomes too theoretical to act upon. But like now, if I look at news from New York... Yeah, I mean, it's shocking, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and if I look now, I saw BBC put out, again, a warning that London is coming up in UK, like plus 30 degrees Celsius. Mm. That's fucking climate change. Yeah. And and of course that will impact. It, it's not about and then people like in Finland like they yeah but we had a lot of snow and cold winter yeah but that's also climate change. Yeah 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 yeah. So it's like we need to stop fucking around because we will destroy things for the next generation. And as I said, I have four kids. I don't need grandchildren yet because I'm too young for that. But I would really like to leave the world a better place. And that's also like what we we're really important that Enfuse has to make the world better by existing or otherwise it should fucking die mm -hmm. which also means that the bullshit needs to cut and and I think we did a big brand launch I mean like we bought our first logo on Fiverr for $15 and it, it served us well for seven years but then I realized talking with Denise and looking at the company as we're growing that I remember always this Peter Drucker that, you know, uh, culture is strategy for breakfast. And I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, what does that mean? But mm -hmm. it actually means this. And I realized it now that the challenges I had in a bank, I was just, yeah, yeah, but it's the mindset. The mindset is the problem. Yeah. And then you think like, yeah, but it's these people, you know, the CEOs, he's an asshole and they are just stupid. Da, 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 da. And then when they retire and die, this will change. But actually, if you have bad people, in a company and you let them be there for a longer time, they actually influence the culture and even though they leave, that culture stays. Yes. And that's why we needed to also brand ourselves and really crystallize our values and put like, what does it actually mean? Because I don't want to see in five years Enfuse becoming a bullshitting company. Yeah. That would fucking kill me. Yeah, absolutely. It really 
stands to reason that a lot of what's going wrong with the planet right now has to do with companies that for years developed a mindset of growing shareholder value. Yes. And you go back to the Milton Freeman essay yes. in the early 70s. And I, I don't want to have cell phone technology from 1971, but for some reason that statement that the company's only obligation yeah. is to reward its shareholders has become the water people swim in. And yeah. it's like everybody is walking around with a joker hat on and they don't realize yeah. it, you know? Yeah, and I think the problem is that that should be a consequence, not the purpose. So when you are doing things that matter, when you are doing things that is better, people will be attracted to it, and as such, you will make money, which will make shareholder value. But if now when the shareholder value is the only fucking purpose, and if I look at our competitors, some of them that have now defaulted, is because they have been gone in and done just that, which means that they have onboarded companies to their customers as their customers that shouldn't have been onboarded. Like they have uh, anti-money laundering issue and all those like bad things. And that's because you're only trying to get volumes up and the world is full with shitty people. Mm. So the ones who are not should be really careful on what we do and how we do it and above all, why we do it. So I really love Simon Sinek. Like start with why. If you can't fucking start with that. Yeah then you shouldn't start a lot of, at all. Oh, a lot of corporations would be terrified yeah. of doing it that yes. way. Yeah, I remember once I was in a company, we had our values printed on a coffee mug because otherwise no one would fucking remember what they are. <laughs> I absolutely, completely agree with... Um, and until companies actually go back to, you know, what do we stand for, yeah. really look deep inside themselves, I think that's all part of the perpetuation of this bullshit we're in basically and yeah. I think generative AI one of the consequences is it will force companies to go what are we good at yeah. because machines will end up doing things much better than yes. human beings so you know maybe we'll have a renaissance around branding and maybe you know you're the kind of tip of the iceberg yeah. in terms yeah. of that yeah. because yeah. it's absolutely essential in terms of things like climate change yeah. for companies to really think about what they do yeah. and their purpose in the, the world. And if, you know, I would hope if companies go, well, we have no real purpose, they go, right, let's give up and yes. let's yeah. let's put our resources towards... Yeah. yeah, because I think unless we kind of have that moment of reckoning, yeah. we're just all headed down this capitalist path, which yeah. I'm not sure is... No. Well, we know is not the right way to go. No. And I saw this, like, I, I, you know, in the 99 to 2006... I was actually an IT manager at the telco, so I live the dot-com boom. And it's exactly what we had with the fintech boom. Like, a lot of nothing being hyped. Yes. <laughs> like, everyone was starting some fucking internet company that nobody knew what they did, and then they sold it off. So these comes, like, I think that this retardness of people comes in cycles. I and, and I really would love for schools somehow to also focus more on this examples instead of like okay let's open book uh, this and that and so under like oh, shareholder value only purpose is to do like no but look at the world because history is a good predictor of the future and I, that's why i'm actually a little bit happy about this downturn now because it cleans out the bullshit yes it kills the ones that shouldn't live yeah good ones will die as well 
but that's like a vaccine. Like, you know, it will save the ones that should be saved, but then some innocent souls will be lost. <laughs> but for a bigger purpose. <laughs> yeah, no, collateral damage. Yeah, totally. exactly. <laughs> but better that than everyone fucking dying. I would actually like to ask a question just about what Enfuse is doing, like the products with the cards yeah. and whatnot, because there's so many people in that space. Yeah. What you're doing that is different and why it's different. I'll read this one quote that really impressed me. It's almost like this person was, um, you had taught them your language. And it's uh, Jean-Daniel Guyot, the co-founder and president of the management board at Memo Bank. He said, we and Infuse spoke the same no-nonsense language right from the start. Like us, they don't beat around the bush. So people like working with yes. you with this style. I mean, what are you giving them? What are you offering them? I think the, the, the really magic sauce is that we are not a service provider. We don't force tech on you, because that's a given that is the best. So it's understanding the business. So for John Daniel, he's, he's French, and he founded a bank, because he, he thought that uh, small and medium-sized companies need better, better services so that they can strive. And then he needed a partner that has the same ambition. So like, it was much more about the what are we doing and why are we doing it? And then like, let's just get it done instead of beating around the bush. So it is really about when we go into a meeting, I never try to sell like, okay, so do you want a prepaid card? Do you want Apple Pay, Google Pay? Do you need tokenization? It's like, okay, what does success look like? What is that you want to achieve? Mm. And when you nail that, and of course, many of our people at Enfuse, they've been on the other side. Like they've been working at banks or merchants or anything, and just like coming with these pain points. We want this and that because that's important for our customers. And that's also someone said like, yeah, but Enfuse looks now like a consumer brand. And our CMO was really happy because someone also said that it's like the apple of payments. But like coming back to the consumer brand, it's, it's about people. Like, people do business with people. And I think as soon as corporates do business with corporates, that's kind of when the why is lost. So with John Daniel and with all our customers, whether they are incumbent players, it's still always about the people. And that's what we bring, understanding their business value and then making sure that we understand the timelines, understand what they want to achieve, and then it was fucking work to achieve it. Mm -hmm. So if I was a, so as a bank in, or a finance company in the US looking for yes. a solution, what would they be buying from Infuse? Yeah, so I, I would say like there, there are some good players in the US, but what would be really good in that context would be credit, like revolving credit, interest calculation, etc. So I would think that any, let's say, credit union or bigger bank who wants to enable good, solid, secure capabilities to issue any kind of payment methods with, let's say, revolving credit or debit, they should come to us. We would really help them scale and be really fast, which also means that when you're fast and you can scale, you can also try something out. It's not like a two-year project that costs multi-million, but you can start off and then you can try new feature functionality. If it works, scale it. If it doesn't, fucking kill it. And do something else. So, so is, are your solutions all cloud-based? Yes. And, yeah. yeah. So, um, yes. which gives you the sort yes. of... We can scale indefinitely. Right. 
Okay, no, that's really interesting. So, but you also offer card solutions as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so we do, we are an issuer ourselves also, which means that we are our customers, but we don't compete with them. The reason why we are issuer is that we can issue cards for players who need cards but can't do it themselves. For example, uh, we con was contacted by Visa in November last year, and, and they were like, we want to enable Ukrainian refugees to get cards so that they don't have to queue. But they get a card and they get the money that they need, and they were in, in Paris. And this was in end of November, and they said, like, I know this sounds crazy, but we would need it before Christmas. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, game on, and we did. So before Christmas, physical cards were handed out at the refugee center in Paris to refugees. Wow. And that's what we can do because we are also an issuer. So we control wow. the whole flow. Okay. Uh, so, so one of our big customers is also the Finnish government. So we enable them to issue the refugee cards. So like migration, which is going to grow also in Finland. I and mean, we're going to start seeing soon climate refugees uh, as well. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the social benefits cards. So people who need, and it's critical infrastructure, that card needs to work. So that's the only card you have. Well, it's, I mean, it's interesting you talk about because I think, you know, my, my eyes have been open to the power of payments and yeah. how important getting the payment rails in into countries is, yeah. how important it is to financial inclusion as well and you know if you have people in the finance system then the system can yes. work better to yes. kind of help them so yeah. it's an equalizer yeah it's done right because the worst thing i see is like when i can see let's say women who have escaped abusive household or something they go to some shelter and then they need to buy stuff and they, they get this slipper, like paper slippers, and they need to go and queue. And then the, the cashier is like, ah, what is this? How to work with this? So like in the moment of despair, you're like pushed down even more. But if you're handed a card, you're like fucking anyone else. Yeah, mm. So I think, I think that that's something like we take for granted because we don't have that problem. But that's also what we wanted. Like, as I said, for us, it's really important to make the world a better place. And, you know, in the end of the day, the more we empower women, the better the world will be. Because I don't actually know any woman who started a fucking war. So yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> My dad worked in uh, development yeah. in Africa for many years. Yeah. And he said, you know, many of the problems in Africa would be solved if people voted women in. Yes. To, you know, yeah, and, and I, I, le I, I actually read a good book, was Melinda Gay's The Moment of Lift, where she was visiting some, some village in Africa, and there were twins girl and a boy and they were like the pride and joy of the family and they have been like going very well in school up until now they were like early teens or something and then they were like thinking that the boy would probably go forward but the girl couldn't because her grades started to deteriorate and they couldn't understand why and then they spent some time there and then they realized simple thing the girl was expected to do a lot of chores when she came from school and by the time she was done, and they didn't have electricity, she couldn't see to do her homework. Whoa. Just bringing <laughs> electricity and light in some form there equalized the situation. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we are, we are just stupid because we don't like, understand that. So when we talk about reducing help to third world countries, I think we really should think about 
of course, where does the money go? So they go into these type of things because the world becomes better when girls and boys are more equal. And as a mother of two daughters and two sons, that's what I, I think is really important, that, that we as in general are equal as people. And payments can play a part and should play a part, but in a good way. But it can also do a lot of harm. So that's why we focus a lot of fighting fraud, you know, human trafficking, terrorist financing, all of those. That's what we do every fucking day. Yeah. But I'm sorry to say, but I think uh, it's starting to get a little hot in this sauna. I know, uh, I know. Well, sweating like yeah. a pig here. We, we, time to strip down. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. it's time to get geez. serious. I don't want to scare everybody <laughs> out on the floor. Yeah. And we should probably give a shout out to your co-CEO, Denise yes. Johansson. Yes. Great. And My better half. Wow. If she's your better half, yeah, then is. that's saying something because you are fabulous. Oh, I am <laughs> inspired by what you're doing. Want to keep track and uh, let me know when you uh, come to America. Plot the takeover. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you for thank coming to the sauna. Oh, yeah. loved it. Awesome. I loved it. Fantastic. Well, I'm practicing for the sauna world championships. So, ah. you know, How's that any going? Well, badly. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, be careful. We have we have that championship. I know. The People fin, die, yeah, don't the, they? The Finn won, and the Russian died <laughs> because he had taken uh, painkillers. Wow. So he actually had a heart attack and fucking died on the spot. And the Finn was buoyed alive, but he survived. But serious burns. Yeah. yeah so let's not overdo it. Yeah. <laughs> let's get out of here. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. With more than 1.2 million page views annually, Talking Biz News is the go-to source for happenings in business journalism. Whether you're a PR professional, a business journalist, or someone just breaking into the field, TBN is a source that you cannot do without. Whether you're following the Washington Post, New York Times, local media outlets, or some feisty news startup, Talking Biz News has you covered. Job openings are also listed and updated every day on the TBN website. Be sure to sign up for your free subscription to the TBN newsletter at Talking Biz News. That's Talking B-I-Z-News.com.
Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Ken Montone. Our business consigliere, the one and only Rob Gaynor. Dude, I totally got into the show. Thanks as always to the William Mills Agency for their generous support. Thanks also to Banker Hire, Lemonade LXP, and Talking Biz News, a division of Vested LLC. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and at the coffee shop thinking about another iced mocha. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.